Und now the beginning of another episode. Ja, hier wir. Und wir haben the episode number 52. Number 52, ja. We are speaking about a very serious topic today. The clown. The clown. Uh, yeah, hey everybody. This is not German clowns. This is not could be. I mean, well, yeah. There are plenty of excellent German clowns. I imagine there, there must be. Yeah. In this episode, we get to talk about clown camp. This is the Monster Baby podcast. Oh shit! We're welcome to the Monster Baby podcast. A curious romp through the worlds of monster, of monsterness and improvisation. Mindfulness and improvisation. And I. I'm introducing Ted DeMaison to you. And I'm going to introduce Lisa Rowland, uh, Because they are your co-hosts. Yeah, they, we, we everybody's here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we've got a couple of the Monster Baby podcasts with us. Namely mine. Yeah, Simon and Puck. And uh, we're all here. So we're, we've got an episode for you. Lisa just got back from clown camp. Yep. So she's freshly back. And and like a, um, a veggie burger, I've grilled her about her experience. Hmm. Yeah. Not really like a veggie burger. Not that much but like that. It's more an inquiry than a grilling. Yeah, it was it was fun to get to talk about it. Yeah. And so. it and it has some cool overlaps with improv. I mean I think being an improviser made it it was a nice cousin of this discipline and and it was a truly wild and and wonderful experience. Yeah. So listen in, uh, hear hear what Lisa learned. And, uh, and then we'll also give you a contrasting experience that I've had in my last three that's and a half weeks. Right. That's right. That's really, you know, maybe some curiosity there as well. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. listen on and thanks for being here and enjoy. Here we go. Lisa. We are. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And we are both hooded. Yeah, because it's home. a little chilly because we're in San Francisco. It's, it's a little bit of a chilly night. It's, it's Indian summer in San Francisco. I'm looking out the window, the palm fronds are waving in the wind. Yeah. It's a blustery evening. They're probably shivering. It might be, yeah. 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 It's a Trying little, to huddle it's a up close to each other. There. Yeah. I was at a concert last night, Lyle Lovett, down at the Mountain Winery in Saratoga. Love it. Lo- <laughs> nice. That's something I would totally say, yeah. Lyle Lovett and his large band, and it was was chilly. Wasn't Lyle Lovett married to somebody beautiful? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. And he's one of the not as visually beautiful people. Yeah. Yeah, Remarkable. He's very funny, though. But so, early part of the evening, chilly. Concert starts, chilly. A certain point during the concert, it was like within a minute, the wind picked up and it got so So cold. cold. It was crazy. Were you? I went back to my car and got my blanket. Yeah, nice. And came back out. Nice. But still a great show. The Lyle Lovett and his large band, one of the things I love the most about them. His large band is the name of his band? Yes. That's great. It was like two trumpets, a trombone, a saxophone, two guitars, a cello, a bass, a drummer, a fiddle player, and a steel steel guitar player. That is... And him. Nice. Yeah. Huge band. And they were so improvisational together. Cool. If you ever get the chance to see them, they're so generous. He he always is making space to shine, you know, 16 bars for this person, then this person, then this person. Yeah. They get to do the little solo. Awesome. And they're doing all these changes in dynamics, and they're super tight. They're cracking each other up. And there was a woman singing Francine Gray, maybe? But this woman who does all this soulful mm, melisma backup. and backup, and she was great. Yeah. Cool. They're really fun. Awesome. But I, last night, I felt like the palm on your porch tonight. Palms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Huddling. But we we both have hoodies on. Yeah. And we could be Jedi Knights, but... And we want, we don't want to turn the heat on because it's a little bit of a loud situation. That's right. And we're very professional here at Monster Baby, <laughs> and we don't have extraneous noises. Listen closely. Can you not hear them? <laughs> the extraneous noises. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, but it's been it's been a while. It's been a minute. And the big thing, well, a big thing that has gone on since we last spoke was Clown you Camp went and came back from Clown Camp. Yes. Is that the name of it? Clown Camp? Is that uh, the uh, that's what we all called it. It it is it takes place at the Manitoulin Conservatory for Creation and Performance on Manitoulin Island in northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. And the name of the workshop 
officially is mask and clown intensive and colloquially is baby clown baby clown baby clown oh because it's in the beginning within the yeah within the cycle of offerings it's the first that's called baby clown and then you can take boot camp and these different advanced boot camp different clown classes and physicality and different different stuff and at the end of this workshop you are born so you're a baby clown yeah i'm a baby clown are you a monster baby clown you're just a baby clown just a baby clown (laughs) other kinds of babies are coming to mind i'm like baby harp seal baby clown baby clown (laughs) baby harp seal clown baby clown Monster baby harp seal clown? <laughs> baby no. clown. Just, just just monster baby harp seal clown? It's like a random word generator. <laughs> monster clown? No. <laughs> no, baby clown. What is, okay, so what is it? You have been born. What have you been born into? I don't know. I don't know. There's so much that I don't know. But the the process of of, I guess if I could... Loosely, t- I'm, I'm going to call this out, which is that I, I don't, I don't want to give too many details about the work that we did. Okay. Partly because, because it's a secret society. No, but it's like, a, I loved it, and it was wildly engaging and consuming and satisfying and inspiring and stimulating. And you, dear listener, if you have any inkling to do a thing like this, should do it. Mm. And if you do it. Knowing what's going to happen there is not going to serve you. Right. So, like, I went into it almost totally blind. I had met the instructor at an improv festival three years ago, loved him and trusted him, and was like, I want to do more of that. And so I went. So I signed up. So what was the that when you said, I want to do more of that? He did a workshop that that really focused on nothing that would be seen as clowning. Nothing that I would have called clowning at the time, but it focused on finding your impulse and following it and and bypassing the intellect and, and moving from this other impulsive place and making really honest contact with, Mm -hmm. with others. Yeah. So the connection junkie that I am, I was like, I love this. This is like totally right up your alley and our alley. I loved it. I I loved it. And I found, and it was difficult and it's difficult. Like I have an active brain and it, and it, you know, it's not a, that's not an easy thing to like, just follow your impulse and keep your, your stupid brain kibitzing out of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's hard. Uh, and I feel like I'm pretty practiced at it and it's hard, yeah. you know? So. Okay. So that was, that so was that's a- what attracted me to it. And I was like, this was great. And I knew I wanted to be a beginner and learn things about, learn things that were in my field, but not an improv intensive. And that's what I got. And mm. I, and I, the end came and I didn't want to leave. I anticipated not wanting to leave halfway through when it was, we were halfway through and I was like, oh, this is going to end sometime. I don't want to go home. And yeah, usually you're like psyched to get back to I San love Francisco. where I live. I'm stoked to come home. I'm excited. I'm yeah. like, look forward to it. Can't wait to get back in touch with my family. Can't, can't wait to see my friends. And I was like, I don't want to go. I just want to stay here. I want to <laughs> stay here forever. This is a magical place. And it really was a magical place. That's so cool. And part of that was the work, this like deeply creative work. And part of it was the environment. It's like in this magical place, yep. which takes a while to get to. It's like out in the middle of nowhere. Did you take an overnight bus trip to I get took there? An overnight bu- <laughs> we took an overnight, a, a bus trip that started at 8.15 p.m. and got us halfway there at 1.45 a.m. And so we like pull into the bus station and... We you being know, the, some of your classmates were yes, on the same bus. Yes, there were nine yeah. of us that took this bus trip together. So we <laughs> we had this great great experience of showing up to the to the bus station, and I w- I got in line. I like found the bus that I was supposed to get on. I got in line. I looked behind me, and there were these two women, one of whom had like a backpacking backpack on, and I said to her, "Clown," <laughs> and she goes. Clown, and we like shook hands. I said, "Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm Emily. I'm Maya." And yeah. we like got to know. And then we got on the bus, and there were all these different people who looked kind of like, uh, you could, know, could be clown. Maybe I, yeah, clown? we're like clown. Did you say clown to anybody who was like, "I don't know what you're talking about"? Actually, this was so great. So I got onto the bus, and there were a whole like gaggle of us who were all in the same boat, and yeah. we had been in touch previously, so we knew there would be a group of us. Yeah, like we were in t- in email touch before that. 
And we knew there'd be a group of us. So I got on and people sort of had already made contact. And so, you know, introducing ourselves around and saying hello and then reviewing names, being like, okay, you're this, you're that. You're Rachel, you're Emily, you're Maya, you're Morgan, you're Edmund, you're Joseph. They're like, yeah, getting to know each other. And then maybe the next stop, another clown got on. And we like all revealed ourselves to her and the name thing started again. And she introduced herself to Edmund and Edmund goes, I don't, I'm not going where you all are going. Like he just got sort of swept up in the... In the, in the, he was like, this is the friendliest bus ride ever. And the bus driver loved us and kept making stupid clown jokes and was like, no clowning around back there. And we're like, okay, all right. Okay. Thank you. That's hilarious. Uh, what, what would visually, what would be like, oh, that person's a clown. Is there, mostly it was how they had packed and Mm. it was like backpack, sleeping bag. Like we're all going to camping. Okay. And so that was the other thing that made it magical. The, Oh, so we pull into the bus station at 1.45 in the morning, and at about 2.15, the station agent says, all right, well, we're closing the station, so you're welcome to wait outside. <laughs> and we were like, what? It's 2.15 in the morning. And luckily, it was a warm night, and we all sat around on the patio and introduced ourselves and then played port key. Love it. Which is a storytelling game, for those of you listening who don't know what port key is. It's a storytelling game that's just a really simple game where somebody offers up an object, and if that object reminds you of something in your life, you you tell that yeah. story or story snapshot. About that object. Yeah. And then you send an object to someone else, and they tell a little story. So we just got to know one another. And it was so... I'm so glad I did it that way, because I just got to... I just felt connected to people immediately. Mm. But the fact that it take some effort and time to get to this place and then the place itself is so wildly beautiful and and is there any water there like huron is there okay i guess that's some water yeah there there were many lakes yeah like wolsey and like huron and and we we swam all the time so great so the lake was like a bike ride away Mm -hmm. and it was just gorgeous and the weather was good and we played every day and the people were amazing and there was an easy connection right away and i just it was just like all of the pieces together made it totally what i wanted there was also something wonderful about all of us came from slightly different most of us were performers some of us were not okay but we were not all from the same discipline so there was no competition of Mm. who's the best improviser here Mm -hmm. or who can do this exercise the best it was all very solo work and it was just about going through this journey 25 of us each going on our own individual journeys and john the teacher kept saying and the degree to which you achieve this will be perfect <laughs> like this is what you're trying so and the degree to which you achieve it will be perfect that's it's just right one of the things i love that about that you did this is that you didn't you didn't have to be teaching oh. for this extended period of time you could just be learning 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 yeah <clears throat> have somebody else hold the and the, and this gift of not knowing what was coming like right the website doesn't really give a curriculum and nobody answered our questions about what we were doing with this stuff as we were doing it and we would ask questions and they would look at us and they would say the future <laughs> and then and not answer <laughs> yeah and it, it, what a gift to be protected from the future yeah. to not have to worry about where this is going or what we're going to do with it later or how it's going to come into play or whether we're going to be okay like no, your job is to do Just, what you're doing right now. That's so cool. Oh my god, it was really follow your impulse. Really okay. phenomenal. Yeah. So I I envisioned when I knew you were going to clown camp, I envisioned that some of it was going to be like doing physical stuff, like acrobatics and tumbling, yeah. and it was not that learning how to do acro yoga and that kind of thing. None of that. No, it was a much more, in a way, internal sort of. There was a there was a piece of it that could be described as sort of a, an internal exploration of creativity and impulse, mm-hmm. and then using that stuff to clown. It it sounds like the way you described it at first when you went to that first workshop with John, is yeah, that, John Turner. That the elements were you had a mindfulness element of tuning into your own impulse, like what's going on. It's kind of mindfulness, and it's kind of like and you. Well, you, so let me let me finish, and then, yeah. and then and then the second piece. Well, so that was just like tuning into like discerning in yourself what is happening. Yes. And then the second half 
was the connection, which feels like the improv of like, I'm going to do this with other people. Yeah. And then see where it goes and we're going to build something together. Yeah. Well, kind of, although we didn't build anything together, except that clowns are always aware of the audience and connected to the uh, audience. So it wasn't really an interactive... It was never interaction. ...thing that you were... Oh, we never clowned together. Never. Everything was solo. But you could. Eventually, like, what if this is baby clown, would that be like teen clown? There's boot camp and then there's a workshop on duo stuff. Okay. That they offer that I kind of want to do next year. Of course. Uh, that I, what am I, I totally want to do it next year, <laughs> kind of. I, my current plan yeah, is to do it next year. I kind of like 100% in every fiber of my being want to do it. I basically need to do it next year. <laughs> yeah, so you get to duo stuff, but... Okay, but so you were going to distinguish, and I said that that was kind of like mindfulness. Oh, that like, I feel like mindfulness gets at this place of notice what's happening in my body and then choose what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And... This idea of following your impulse is like, no, hand the keys to your impulse. Mm. So he gave it, he gave uh, this, this metaphor of, it's like you're, it's like you are on the top deck of a double decker bus and so, the steering wheel is down below and you don't know where you're going. Wow. You are being taken around. Yeah. So ideally this following of your impulse, you are surprised okay. by what happens. Okay. So in that way, it's not watchful. Right. Or it, attentive th- in that way. It's just sort of like, oh, like let let yourself be guided by this thing that is not mm. that is not your decision. Okay. Right. It's not a pause. There's not a pause. Nope. It's yeah. The pause is your brain, and he's it's, like, "Fuck your brain." In both in both <laughs> of them, that there's a, ideally there's a quieting of the mind of the thinking mind. Totally. So that, that there's that similarity, but then this is just like let yourself get pulled. Let by. you like follow the impulse. Oh, interesting. Before deciding whether to do that or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, so much of it is get your brain out of the equation. So it's, a, it's helpful for a lot of things and it's not helpful now. I think, yeah. I mean, so this is very interesting because I imagine I'm not alone. I, that there are probably other listeners like, isn't that dangerous? I mean, we've talked about one of our first episodes was about impulse versus pause and the, the tension between those two things. But I think like, well, impulse I don't know. I guess if, if I'm doing it solo and I'm intentionally not interacting, then that feels like it makes it safer to just follow my impulse. But if I were like in a group of people and I'm following my impulse, I'm like, oh, I just want to play with your eyebrows because they're really cool. Like, that's totally inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have the impulse of like, oh, I want to eat that sandwich that's on that person's plate and that's their sandwich. I'm right. Like, I mean, you're still in control. It's not like you're out of control. Okay. You know? And he'll say he's like, oh, these people who are like, oh, my clown wouldn't do that. It's like, fuck you, you're your clown. You you can let you can you can make your thing do anything you want it to. You know, yeah. it's like you're you're still in charge. You're okay. still. Um, so it's not like you lose control. However, there are ways that the ways that we were playing sort of happened in a container. Yes, they happened in a place, and there were rituals to getting in and out of that container. Okay, which seems and okay. Before so that... you leave, you let that go. Right. You know, you let some of that stuff go. Yeah. And how much structure was there? It was totally structured. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like we met every day from 9.30 to a five, between 5.30 and 7. Mm-hmm. Depending on how long we took for lunch and what other work we were doing. And some nights we met at night. So in that way, it was totally structured. Mm-hmm. And then there, were, there was work that had to be done outside of the class that we just did on our own time in the evenings. And... Did you have any contact with people outside of your group? Was anybody coming through or? Nope. So was, and how large was the group? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah, so pretty tight. But also enough to have. I mean, like we went to town a couple times. Yeah. You know. And we didn't all go sort of. Off the grid. Feral. Feral. <laughs> we went to little feral. <laughs> I mean, like there were times when I was like, I feel like a wild fucking animal right now. Like I don't feel. Un- I felt a little bit unhinged sometimes in a wonderful way. Climbing trees. No, just like emo- like emotionally yeah. raw in a not unpleasant way, in like a really wow. living way. I mean, it just felt so, it was just a really magical bubble of a place. So this feels like it could be called getting in touch with the unconscious or following impulse. Why is that clowning? Well, then we clowned. So what does that mean? We did, we performed for each other. Okay. I'm thinking of like... I, and like I, learned rules about clowning, how clowns approach things and what it means to be a clown. Okay. Can you share any of that? 
Or is that part of the secret knowledge? I don't know. I could. But this is. But if somebody it's totally, it's totally fine to go, if you don't want to write. You know, like the things that I loved about the things that the things that I loved about this, and that I suspected might be true, is that similar to improv, there's a lot of ways that clowns are that are inspiring to me. They mm. are emotional and truthful, and they move to, toward their fear, mm. and they. Don't hide what's going on. They notice everything. Yeah. They have fun. Fun is a val. It's high not, value. It's not a value. It's a, that's what they're there to do. Okay. Is to show themselves a good time and find the f- and have fun through their curiosity and their play and yeah, their through whatever engagement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, through whatever the thing is. You know, it's like yeah. that's. So you know, and and I feel like clowns have this opportunity to walk this line between profundity and stupidity. Mm-hmm. We're, easily and that's super fun it's like super interesting that that tension or that dichotomy or that mm-hmm. switch or spectrum or whatever it is the fool the, the yeah fool who can say true things because no one takes them seriously right. i mean like that that figure is really compelling and clowning is so compelling because it, i think it, it it is a it's a i mean there's a lot that i don't know so i do not speak as an expert but the way the impressions that i have of it and the ways that i got to engage with it this time were like clowns sort of sort of approach the world in this very like elemental mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. they sort of want simple things and there's this cool clown logic that can take over that's very farcical in some mm. ways mm. or uh, it, it makes sense in a certain there there is a logic there's logic it's not randomness and you can connect with what they want and uh, and what see the effects to. of whether they get yeah. it or not and it's all out there and it's to be shared with an audience so you yes. can't really do it in the you can't do it alone i when i think of clowning i think of watching somebody if they're clowning, watching somebody have an object or something that they're totally fascinated by and go through a whole cycle of emotions in their experience with this object. Yeah. And then they just express those emotions in big ways. And then they and share them with the audience. Them, yeah. And it's, it's not that like the audience happens to be there. It's like the clown is like, hey, look, Did everyone. You see this? Did you see what just happened? This is amazing. Right. right. And so the sort of honesty of connection and and hunger for connection and john talked about it as the the space between the clown and the audience is the fantastic space Mm. (laughs) or the magic space where it's like that is where it's at is this space between us it's well it's the energy of uh as you're describing it it sounds to me the energy of a kid going to their parent like look mom Look, look, Dad, did you yeah. see? Look I mean, at kids, right? Kids are so much more in touch with their impulses. Right. Like you watch a three-year-old wander around and they just go yeah. where they want for reasons we can't see. Right. Flip over a coin in the light and like makes this little glint. And you're like, oh, check it out. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So so there's like that. There's this like refreshing way of being. And when and the, the power of being with a whole group of people all learning this together mm-hmm. john kept saying he's like your training is no good here i don't care how well you're trained in fact the your better trained training. you are yeah, yeah the better trained you are in some discipline the harder time you're going to have the more success you've had as a performer the harder time you're going to have here because you think you're supposed to be good at something you think your training means something and <laughs> it doesn't like you got to forget mm. it all so that you can do this work uh, and that was really refreshing mm. and being in this whole group of people who are all working in this way of sort of impulse and mm-hmm. and emotional engagement is like a drug because everybody's really present or what's the i don't know yeah it was magical and i felt actively in love the whole time <laughs> i love that there, this is the second time now in this since we've been recording that you said i don't know <laughs> which to me is like that's kind of the yeah kind of i don't thing. fucking like, know what it is i don't know i'm just gonna check it out i don't know but it's good and I liked it. You hit in the way that we I did not figure it out. I still haven't figured the work out. Right. I don't know. I'm, you know. You came to, so like the first day that you were back, we had a board meeting for Bats Improv. You and I are both on the board. And, <laughs> and during the meeting. And I started by apologizing for how I might be. For being in some crazy mind space, yes. Yeah. Uh, crazy as in like different. Different. But there was one point where you took a pile of post-it notes and we're just playing with it like an accordion well, that's dropping it, kind it down. Of the kind where it 
attaches on the opposite uh, yeah. side, on the back, alternating uh, side. So you're like moving it back and forth like a bridge I in your hand. I was very like, interested in it. And you, you were had been saying something, and all of a sudden you just got totally entranced by the post I think Ed looked at us and he was like, clown. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I'm sorry. I'm back, I'm back. It totally took over. You're like, totally. wow, look at these. Look at these. This is fun. Look what this does. <laughs> totally interrupted your sentence. This is cool. Oh, 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 let me get back All to right, it. Right, I'm at a board meeting. That's when I was, I've told a couple of people about the that experience of being at that meeting and how thankful I am that I work in an arts organization where people, where I didn't have to be too worried about how right. I was showing up, you know? That's funny, yeah. It's like everybody knows that I've just come from this place and and they get it. Yeah. And I'm not destroying my reputation by being a little bit of a weirdo. Yeah. You know, I was just felt very grateful. What reputation you have left, <laughs> yeah. I might say. It's not already destroyed. Uh, okay, so this is cool. Now, I, you're on. You've been born as a baby uh, clown. Yeah. Are, are there markers that you that you identify in yourself, or that you think are visible to others now, or is this all an internal? I have a nose. You have a clown nose. I have a clown nose, like a red nose. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Can you? Can you? Uh, like. Are you permitted to wear it out in public, or is it a I mean, the, in, the inner public? the inner tribe? Uh, like you only wear it when you're performing, or are there rules? I would about? only wear it when I'm performing, okay, or rehearsing. Uh huh. What does a red nose mean? Like, what's that all about? Um, they think that it started out because drunkards were the clowns. Oh. And so, a big bulbous red nose. Yeah. You know. Uh, drunkards made people laugh, and then figured out how to do that, and. Interesting. Sure. That was, I, I mean, that was the first of... theory that I, that was John mentioned that and I was like, oh, that's cool. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And I think a red nose is a mask. Okay. I was just going to, just going to say that what you were describing earlier about mm-hmm. a, a clown being fascinated by objects or this kind of innocent exploration of whatever's in front of you. It sounds like mask work. When I did, I went up to Loose Moose Theater in Canada a mm-hmm. number of years ago and did mask work with Keith Johnstone and some other folks up there. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what you were describing sounds like what we did. Yeah. You put a put a mask on and you sort of feel... See the world through this different... Yeah. What does this mask have to say? And, and then the it was fascinating to watch other people put masks on because they would be so elemental. Yeah. It's not like this... And part of it is like nonverbal. And so exactly. when you take the words away, the things that are left are emotions. But they, yeah, and they were raw. Yeah. Much, like, so we could take words away and stay really refined. Right, yeah. In our behavior. But those masks were But not... like refinement covers up. Exactly. And so, yeah. It, it covers up, trims, neatens. Neatens, Yeah. Yeah, refinement like like grinds away impulse. Right. We've all learned how to behave. Yeah. And you just like the process of stripping all that shit away is like really so, fun. So does it has it become like a um what's the word? Not a talisman or a a trigger maybe of like if you take out the red nose or you put it on does it like I don't Make know, you I feel oh you haven't done it. I haven't really put it on since I came back. It's in my car. Huh. I see it. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. You look kind of like sitting there and the... Yeah, but it's not it's not like but I would use it if I'm clowning. Yeah. And I wouldn't put it on just to be like, look at my cool nose. Because it's like it's a performance tool. It's a sacred thing. A... Does it have sacred quality to I it? I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's like that's not what it's it's not for that. It's for hmm. this other thing. And I Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having having gotten it the way that I got it, as a part of this experience, like, I mean, I could do whatever I want with it, you know? It's not like there are rules about... Yeah, I might be over-romanticizing, but, like, the religious studies guy in me is, like, I'm thinking of it oh, like a talisman, like... Here's this, you know, pull, pull, yeah. pull. it's pulsing with light and power, and yeah. you're like, oh, it's don't, on a little elastic don't mess with thread that kid. And it... You know, it's, yeah. Uh, but it do, but it does serve a purpose, and okay, yeah, so I don't know. I haven't played much with what it. What is it? What's the purpose it serves? Well, it's for clowning. So if I'm not clowning, I'm not going to wear it. Oh, I see. 
I feel like I could be a clown with my red nose. Sometimes my you nose gets red. You could be a clown, Ted. It what has may- nothing to do with your nose. Could anybody be a clown? Of course. Hmm. I think. I think you'd have a very interesting time there. Say more. I just think you, it would be great. <laughs> I love it that you're protecting... You're protecting uh, for the experience of whoever might want to go do this, which is great. But it also feels a little bit like a secret society. Oh, no. You'd love it. <laughs> well, tell me why. What would I love? You just would. I think you'd love being creative. I, I think totally you'd love think exploring impulse totally. in this way. I think, you'd lo- I think it'd be interesting to sort of, uh, yeah, try, so- try, this, try something new. I think if you put me on the shore of Lake Huron for 16 days, you could have me doing accounting and I would be totally happy. <laughs> Yeah, like I could do anything it was in that so location. Beautiful. It was so beautiful, and we it it rained a bunch at the end, and so we got to there was a fire ban all summer because it was really dry. There were fires all over Ontario, and the rain made it so that the fire ban was lifted, and we got to have campfires for mm. the last few nights, just the last few nights, and it just made it so special and beautiful. And the land was so it's just such a beautiful place. He's on ninety one acres. The the land that this awesome, yeah. Now, was it parallel to the experience that you have at Girl Scout camp? Yeah, it felt, yeah, a lot of it reminded me of Girl Scout camp. Except there was alcohol and no campers. <laughs> but, so the elements of being outside, yeah, being communal, so focused. Communal living, like living with a bunch of other people on the land, mm-hmm. uh, not caring what you look like. Mm-hmm. I never, I didn't look in a mirror. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so just that sort of, the, the shift of priorities. Hmm. And, and yeah, the campfire, like all, just all these little things. We made s'mores mm-hmm. one night. So th- those sorts of similarities. It was really cool, but it was, and then, and then supplemented by this intense creative process in the days. One of, some of my favorite times in life were working at summer camps and being at summer camps and having that feeling removed and put into a different way of being yeah totally this liminal space where it's like i am not in my life something else gets to happen here complete digital detox different yeah different kind of laughter different kind of storytelling different kind of crying different simplicity a real simplicity of living the canadians all still had cell coverage so they could check in and at night like check out their phone and text people at home and stuff like that and i was really grateful that i yeah no thanks have it right so I'm surprised just, that they, that the it was very, organization didn't ask them to not do that. Well, they did. Oh, okay. But I mean, you know, you're, yeah. they're everybody's grown people. Sure. So you, you know, if you need to, you know, you can make a phone. It's like lunchtime. You're off. Go right. sure. to the road and make phone calls. Uh, but there was no phones in the common spaces, and mm-hmm. like you can be on your tent or you could go to the street. What you said about not caring what you look like struck me because one of the experiences I had in this last however long it's been three weeks a month is that I hired a, an image consultant a fashion consultant yeah so learned all this really interesting stuff about skin tone and shapes and colors and all these things that go into what you look like and yeah. historically that has not been your I know I don't it's not been a part of me like I like to look good i'd like colors i think certain colors might look better on me than others but i definitely have prioritized function over fashion yeah and comfort in particular like i want freedom of movement and i want to keep it low cost and you know just kind of like just give me the base if i can get a decent working decent looking outfit great we're good to go it covers it, it does the trick and in terms of impressing other people or like having people see me and like no, I want them to like me, right? But this, when I learned about this possibility through this business community that I've joined, the Thrive Academy community, it's really gotten me thinking about like, you know, people make first impressions and what we look like matters. Part of that, yeah. In, in most settings. So at Clown Camp, it probably doesn't matter as much or you're getting to know each other on so many deeper levels. It's... It buffs away the exterior, right? But it's been re- really revolutionary for me to think about this. And so now I'm dressing differently. And I went you, look, and, you are looking very sharp. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It feels, real. it feels really different. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just that I'm acting different 
differently now, but other people are reacting differently now to me. How are they reacting differently to you? I feel like they're more open and more interested. And one of the one of the things that Natalie, who was the woman who was the main consultant, you. Natalie yeah. and Lisa, they kept saying to me, you are going to be amazed at the way women treat you differently when you pay attention to how you dress in this way. Yeah. Right? So it's on one end of a spectrum is approachability, warmth. On the other end is formality. Uh-huh. And the, the image they use is like approachability, like Santa Claus. Big round belly, yeah. red puffy suit, white, yeah. you know, Fuzzy, clouds, warm, big hug, yeah. you know, he'll give you what you want, that sure. kind of thing. And on the other end is Dracula. <laughs> like Darth Vader or something. It's like, well, I think that. Like covered up. And... It's like the cloak and the like long dark lines and uh-huh. the shiny shoes and he changes into a bat. But damn, is he sexy, right? Oh. Like Dracula is like. That thing. That kind of like. Is Dracula sexy? Oh my God, yes. Oh, I didn't realize. Super seductive, yeah, because he's like he really handsome and, oh. and seductive, and then he goes in and sucks your blood, right? God, that's so, so funny. I never knew that Dracula was sexy. Oh, I think. Like the character. I think that's part of the whole. In my mind, he's just like very pale and like has is balding and has arched eyebrows <laughs> and fangs, and I'm like, that doesn't seem attractive at all. Oh, I think that. But what's the whole Twilight thing? Where the vampires are like Twilight is not Dracula. Oh, but okay, fair enough. I mean, Dracula is a is a person, a right. particular okay, character. Okay, but the, in this notion, you're talking about Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, are you talking about that guy? Was he a vampire? He was in Twilight, I think. He was in Twilight, but I just I don't I, I didn't don't watch know. it. He was a, I didn't watch okay, it either. We're talking about things we don't okay. know. <laughs> in any case, Dracula's the formality, <laughs> and so I feel like. As I've gotten more formal, like, okay, I bought a pair of shoes that are more pointy-toed than normal, mm. which are Dracula-esque. Which are super cool. And at that Lyle Lovett concert last night, I had somebody notice them yeah. and start talking to me because of my shoes. I'm yeah. like, really? And so now, okay, well, maybe instead I mean, of, you notice what other people wear. I do. You do. Instead of wearing regular fitted not, shirt, it's now not it's like irrelevant. a slim-fitted. Yeah. Slim like, oh, you can see more of my body now, hmm, for better or worse. You know, like, it's just fascinating. And so I find myself, I'm going through this internal change as I'm making sense of all this and trying it out. And some of it feels like I'm totally putting on a costume. That's all any of it is. I know. As RuPaul says, you're born naked, everything else is drag. (laughs) Who is RuPaul for those who might not know? I know who RuPaul is, but... People know who RuPaul... Go Google RuPaul. R-U-P-A-U-L. That's right. Um, <laughs> RuPaul is an amazing person. Okay. And um, I love that quote. You're born yeah. naked, everything else is drag. Like, the things you decided to wear when you were, when you were prioritizing comfort, drag. Co- corporate drag. When I go to corporate world, corporate drag. Right. Like, when I, you know, going to camp, oh, ath- athleisure drag. Right? If I want to wear my fancy leggings, which I don't own fancy leggings. But it's all choices, right? It's yeah. like we put on suits. To communicate things. And it communicates things. It right? communicates things. And this so in the Thrive Academy business group, one of the things they talk about is dress like your future self will dress. Yeah. Your future business self, your future mm-hmm. successful business self will. So, you know, people come and they're kind yeah, of dress duded, for the job you want. They're kind of duded up. Yeah. And every now and then, after a Thrive weekend, I'm like, I wish we could just get together and wear stuff we would wear around a campfire. I was like, what, what would these people be like if we were not all duded up? Yeah. Right? At the same time, now I'm starting to feel like, what would it be like if all my friends that I'm normally super casual with, if we all got duded up a little bit? Mm-hmm. How do we treat each other? What would change? How? What would we learn? What it's more really, could we learn? It's, it's a very interesting... There's a... Yeah. I don't know if you if it's true for you, but I know... How I walk and how I stand and how I speak. Oh, yeah. When I look totally good. Totally depends on what shoes I'm wearing. Oh. Maybe more than anything else. Like the, something about the shoes change. They snap me into a different kind of presence. Interesting. And so. I don't experience quite that same thing. Okay. Shoes are very powerful that way for me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm finding the color of my shirt. Changes things. Really changes things. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's fun. It's fun. But it feels very different from what you were describing of being a camel. Like, I don't care. I haven't looked in the mirror. I've I haven't looked, in, looked the in the mirror. I have no idea. I've like swim. I washed my hair in the lake. I've looked in the mirror more like often in the last soap. week yeah. than I have in years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you it's know, cool. Gone to like Macy's and Nordstrom and the Burlington Coat Factory, like all these places like, ooh, where can I find? I never used to like shopping. And now I'm like, oh, I know what colors are going to look good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny. Yeah. I don't even recognize myself. I don't recognize this part of my personality. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to explore it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I veered off clowning. That's okay. We don't have to talk about me anymore. Okay. Or clowning anymore. Enough about me. What do you think about me? Yeah, exactly. What did you think about my play? <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, I do have one more question about it, mm-hmm. which is how long have you been back now? That's not A the question. A week. Uh, in a day. A week in okay. a day. So tell me about the transition. Like, are you still feeling Wonky like you're in the world? Fuck. If you pardon my French for your listeners. Uh, I feel better now. But it was also compacted. I felt a little bit like it was like returning to atm- to our atmosphere from another planet. Mm. And I felt, I have felt super off balance and sort of emotionally raw and uh, untethered. Not helped by the fact that your apartment was an upheaval Well, that was well. a huge part of it, was that my apartment, that my landlord was doing work, a seismic retrofit of my apartment, and so the walls were, were being tor- torn apart while I was gone, and it was not done yet by the time I came back, which I knew was a possibility. And what I have learned about myself is that home is very important to me. Right. And I thought I'd be fine. Like, I knew that I had places to stay, and I was like, great. I got fr- friends, you know, you've got a spare bedroom. I've got other friends who have spare bedrooms. Some friends of mine are out of town. I can stay at their place. And all of that is fine and good, but I did not feel like I was home until yesterday when I moved back in. When you actually moved in, yeah. Yeah. And now I feel a million times better and more settled. That's so cool. Oh, my God. It's. I imagined that your coming back would be like coming back from a silent retreat in some mm-hmm. ways of like, these people don't understand the space I'm in, like I'm, I'm in a different mind space and yeah. I don't need words. Everybody's talking. There's so much happening. That's that, not, that was not my experience. Okay. It wasn't like, Oh, these people don't understand. Okay. It, but it, I, however, like I spent two days in Toronto before I came back to San Francisco and, and there were a bunch of other clowns who also were in Toronto who came from the training and I got to spend the first day with them. And, maintaining this sort of yeah the world was overwhelming it was a little overwhelming and being able to stay with them where we'd all shared this experience it's not it's not like i want to go through the world as a clown now and i can't you know what i mean it just felt sort of like i've been in this place where i've been super open and super emotional and like uh and my focus is very short and right. suddenly my my focus has to be so much wider and that was that is turbulent. I just yes. felt there was like a lot of turbulence in the in the re-entry. Did you feel I'm imagining if I were in this that I would feel sadness about suddenly encountering all these people who are so removed from their impulses. Did you have any of that? I didn't, but yeah. I might be the minority. I think maybe people do have that experience. Like, like oh man, all these people are so locked up. And actually, I actually, actually, I had an experience. I was, I did a gig and I was at, you know, it's like some of these places that are just overrun with in business casual for lunchtime, like cafes. And I went to like a specialties for a sandwich and mm-hmm. it was lunchtime. And so everybody in their professional attire was eating and I was just like, ugh. And I feel like it's like, oh, everybody has put their appropriate mask on. Yeah. And I have no idea who these people are because none of them are showing us who they are. Right. Because they've all got their appropriate mask on. And our masks are all uh, having a play date. Interesting. Like our masks are talking to each other, but like, who are you? Yeah. I can't tell. You're all in nice fitting slacks and blazers. I don't know. You know? Yeah. And that's an interest. I mean, that, that, that was a, that was a very, very strong feeling. And it helps that I am in a community of people who play. Right. And I think it would be, and I have dear friends who have done clown training and know what this period of time is like. Right, so so you can lean on them. Getting to, yeah, sort of having some support 
Yeah, I did. I didn't experience that sort of frustration of like, oh, you people, don't you see? Right. I was just like, I don't know where the fuck I am. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I feel super disoriented. It so seemed bear so, with me. It seemed know? symbolic when you were saying that your house back home, mm-hmm. that the walls were being torn down. Yeah, that is interesting. Right. And that being seismically retrofitted yeah. to be able to withstand greater shocks. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe that's what was going on internally for you back then in Canada. Whoa. Like you have your walls coming down to your impulses and you're getting more ability to be able to handle the vicissitudes and the th- throes of life. You know? I like that assessment. That's a cool That's a cool, cool parallel. But then when you came back, you couldn't get in to your home yeah. yet. And like it now wasn't that finished. Hit, the work was not finished. The work wasn't finished. Right. It's still not finished. You'll notice my walls are not painted yet. Right. And I yeah. need to figure that out. And so I'm trying to figure out if I paint them a different color. Like if I still a little raw, but still a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the excited. work is not finished. Well, and I feel that feels like an appropriate parallel. My work is not finished. Nice. I'm glad you're home. I am too. Now. T- totally missed you. <laughs> I knew you were having a blast. But yeah. you know, you were missed. Thank you. You were missed. So Thank it's good you. to have you back. I'm happy to be back. And uh I think this is probably a pretty good place to wrap up. Anything yeah. anything you want to well, add about that? About... About any other clowning uh, bows to tie? or I like this image. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I don't think I have anything else to add. Thanks for listening to all that processing about my clown camp experience. My pleasure. I, I've been so curious. Yeah. And yes, I do want to go. I don't know if I'll be able to, but... Sure. I think it'd be great. It's cool. And if, I mean, if anybody has any questions and they're interested in going, I do, I, I protect you from the future. I'm not going to tell you how it, what, what happens there in detail, but, and that's actually John, John said, he's like, I don't like the, there's not a whole lot of information about what, about what it is on purpose. He's like, it works via word of mouth. And if you know somebody who went and they loved it, then you might come and maybe you'll go. Yeah, and so if any of the, any of you out there in Radioland, okay, wanna are thinking about it and you want to get in touch, you can do so at Lisa at MonsterBabyPodcast dot com. There we go, boom. Okay, and I also want to add in a little thing here, which I'm excited about, is that you're doing a couple shows this weekend. <gasps> I'm getting to see you do some improv this weekend. Yeah. You got three shows. Awkward dinner party is this weekend. Yeah, one of your formats with Dave Dennison. With Dave Dennison and, and our special guest Edie Patterson is coming up from LA. Yeah, And, and on Rafe Sunday Chase. we get to play with Rafe Chase. So that's going to be great. A huge weekend of shows. And I'm super excited because Edie's husband, Dan, Dan O'Connor, yeah. just released a book called Life Unscripted and yes. we're going to get to talk to him for our next episode. Yes, so yes. I'm yes. excited about that too. So exciting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> things are things are happening, people. All right. Well, welcome back, Lisa Roland. Welcome back, listeners. Thanks hey, for sticking with us. Ted, thanks for all your questions. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, appreciative of your inquisitiveness. Inquisication. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's more to come. Great. So, all right. Well, hey. Um, right also, on. nice shoes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> bye bye. Episode number 52. Really? Yeah. Cool. The count continues. <laughs> Very important. 52. Very important. Uh, number, that was fun. Number of cards in a deck. Oh, that's interesting. Number of weeks in a year. Are those related facts? I don't. Number of cards idea. in a deck and weeks in a year? I don't know. Oh, that's an interesting. Yeah. Feels like they it's should be related. It's an interesting number for, for to show up in both of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, hey, that was fun. That was fun. I Thank like, you. Uh, I'm, I'm so fascinated to see how this is going to unfold in your life. Yeah. How it's going to affect all of us, those of us in your sphere. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Touched and changed by your impulsivity now. Maybe, or maybe not. Or I maybe don't know. Not. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. But the thing, the thing that I, I reflect on now, having sort of talked about it for a while, is just the, the power and value of exploring impulse in a world where we are not impulsive creatures mm-hmm. like we're pretty well super polished controlled. and controlled yep. and 
the world the world requires it. Operating in the world requires it, and it's really nice to have a place to go, a place to go to explore a different way of being. That's cool. That's what I was thinking. What I was noticing is the value of having these retreative experiences where you get to go out with like-minded people, explore something you don't know, but it's just this raw learning, and you're in the concentrated environment, kind of like we get on our retreats. Yeah. Right. But it's like this this notion of choosing to be together and ever reinforced different way of being yeah yeah that's really nice for the duration of that experience and two two plus weeks in that is awesome incredible and then so that creates these shifts internally that you then come back and reintegrate with your life and you're just never the same yeah you know you might go back to looking similar but no you've been changed Mm -hmm. so that stood out to me in that conversation as well yeah cool anything you want the listeners to know before we Send them off on their merry way. Just that you're lovely. Oh. And and uh, you're saying that to them. I'm saying that to them. Look, yeah. Listeners, listener, you're also lovely, Ted. Thank you. It's not to the exclusion of you. No, but I just want to make sure they know it's for but them. Listeners, you are lovely, and uh, yeah, I hope you have an experience sometime soon where you totally feel that. Oh, that's sweet. I hope they have an experience of getting to. I hope you, listener, I'll speak to you. Have the experience of getting to follow your impulse. You're here. In a way that feels rewarding and informative and exciting. Yeah, don't go play with strangers' eyebrows. <laughs> don't do that. Don't steal a sandwich don't steal off a somebody's sandwich plate. because you want to. That's yeah, not even the if deal. He's, even if you've got well-fitting slacks. Yeah, you're still in charge. <laughs> right. Okay. Trust your impulses. Play with them, but do so. <laughs> Responsibly. Responsibly. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, hey. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, as yeah. always. If you uh, have reflections, comments... Uh, or, as Lisa said, if you want to get more info about this experience, info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Yeah. We'll and this, hey, back. if you think somebody might like Clown Camp, send this episode to them. Send them along. Yeah. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll see you not too long from now when we talk to Dan O'Connor for our next episode. Yeah. And uh, until then, be well. Ciao.